Welcome to another episode of the Ministry of Praise podcast. I'm B.J. Price, worship pastor here at Highland Baptist Church in Florence, Alabama, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week, we focus on a passage of Scripture to better equip us as believers to express and share our faith. And this week, we've come to Psalm 22. So let's begin. Psalm 22 is a personal song of lament and worship that voices many painful experiences of suffering and hardship, while also voicing confidence in God's watchful eye and sovereign power. It recognizes the realities of being scorned, mocked, rejected, and despised by others. We know from the Gospels that Jesus meditated on this very psalm when he was dying on the cross. In agony, he felt the pain of the psalmist and much more. Yet he was obediently trusting in the heart of the Father, even unto death. Worshippers can find courage and strength in these words by remembering that Jesus himself prayed them. Let's draw close to him as we read them today. Psalm 22, to the choir master, according to the doe of the dawn, a psalm of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death, for dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog, Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. 
I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. As we think about Psalm 22, I want to draw your attention to four ways that Matthew used this psalm in his gospel. I've titled this devotion, Meditations from the Cross. I believe Matthew took his cue from seeing Jesus meditate on Psalm 22 while he was on the cross. Now, Matthew was a former tax collector, and he knew the pain of being despised and rejected by his people. He also had been chosen by Jesus to leave his profession and to come and follow Jesus as a disciple maker. Matthew was burdened to share the good news with his fellow Hebrews, and all of which would have had great exposure to the Torah and especially the Psalms. Now, to be clear, the only direct quote that we have from Jesus from Psalm 22 is that opening line, which Matthew actually saves for the end, and we'll get to in a moment. However, I want you to notice how he structures his account of the crucifixion And let this inform the way we understand how to use Psalm 22 today, how to pray this prayer. The first way we see Matthew using Psalm 22 is the casting lots for his clothing statement. Casting lots for his clothing. We see this in Matthew 27, verse 33, where he writes, And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, They offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. So Matthew is setting up the scene, and he is describing what took place when Jesus was crucified. And he includes that line, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Now, we think back to Psalm 22, verse 17, and the psalmist says, I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Matthew is helping his Jewish readers make the connection. Why else would he have included this part of the story? Why? I mean, who would have cared what happened to his clothing? 
But Matthew's purpose was to bear witness to his people that Jesus fulfilled the scriptures and that the Old Testament prophesied of a suffering servant, Messiah. The second way we see Psalm 22 playing into Matthew's gospel and the way that he structured it is wagging their heads, wagging their heads. That seems a little strange to us today. What does that mean? But Matthew 27, 39 says this, And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads, and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priest with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. There's this idea of of all this rejection that's going on and they're wagging their heads in disapproval and just mocking him. Psalm 22 verse 7 says, All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. So Matthew is leaning into this idea. Once again, he's pointing out that Jesus was rejected by his people, so much so that he was mocked even by their religious leaders. And I really think Matthew, as a former tax collector, uh, that this just really, he, he wanted to drive this point home. And we see that continue playing out. The third way Psalm 22 comes in here is in the phrase, let God deliver him. Let God deliver him. Matthew 27, verse 43, the chief priest, scribes, and elders continue their mocking by saying, He trusts in God, let God deliver him now, if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Psalm 22, verse 8 says, He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Here, Matthew is setting up, he's setting us up to the shocking reality that the Lord is in this, that God is working through the suffering of his son on the cross. Matthew is hinting at, he's foreshadowing the resurrection that is to come. His gospel, which remind us that we need to remember is good news, his gospel will not end on the cross in death, but it will end in resurrection and in mission. So we see this playing out. He's setting us up and he's getting ready to the fourth way that he uses Psalm 22, and that is, why have you forsaken me? I mentioned this a moment ago, uh, but Matthew 27, 46 says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22, verse 1 begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Finally, Matthew tips his hand, and if his Jewish audience has not yet seen the prophetic ways that Jesus has suffered on the cross for the people— They now must reconcile with what Jesus himself said on the cross. These are not Matthew's words. They are from Jesus himself. Jesus was bearing witness to the events that were taking place. And he was drawing strength from the words of the psalm itself. It's easy for us to forget that this is a song. Jesus was essentially singing on the cross. 
Now, it probably wasn't much of a melody in those moments. It was, in fact, a cry. It was a loud song, if you will, but it was a song nonetheless. Later, Paul and Barnabas would sing while suffering in prison. Only this time, when Jesus finished the song, he died. The Bible says he yielded up his spirit. Now, Matthew doesn't use Psalm 22 further, but it's important for us to look at how the song ends and consider how Jesus died. The final words of Psalm 22 are, He has done it. In essence, it is finished. The other gospel writers include this, and this is really a bonus way, if you will, the fifth way that Psalm 22 is used by Jesus. Psalm 22 concludes saying this in verse 24, For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. And later in verse 29, the psalmist says, All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Oh, that is good. What a reminder, a picture of Jesus on the cross. He couldn't stay alive in that moment. He had to die. The psalmist continues, Posterity, that is future generations, shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Matthew doesn't give us the quote directly, but he describes the scene this way. In Matthew 27, verse 46, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders, hearing it, said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Now, the Bible doesn't give us all the details here, but I believe Jesus finished the song. And as a final testimony and a witness to what was taking place and what he was doing, Matthew continues by saying, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. It's almost as if when Jesus started that final stretch, the final work on the cross, it was the psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he continued to sing or meditate or think through or hum through whatever he could to get to the end, so much so that they wanted to hear him, and so they offered him something to drink. And as he took that, he finished the song. He got to that final moment, that final line, that final phrase, and with a loud voice, again, he cried out. The Bible says, And behold, as he died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split, and the tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised, and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him Keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place. They were filled with awe, and they said, Truly, this was the Son of God. 
John records it a little differently, but he he helps us remember that phrase, it is finished. He says in John 19, verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I don't know about you, but this has been such an encouragement to me. And really the the key takeaway for, for me and for all of us as we think about Psalm 22 is even in the darkest hour of your life, God is working. Christian, don't lose heart. Stay strong in the Lord. Pray, worship, pray, worship, press in to Jesus. Even on the cross, in his darkest hour, Jesus was worshiping. He was praying. He was seeking glory for the Father. And that's what we ought to be about. Let us celebrate Jesus. Would you pray with me now? Father in heaven, I thank you so much for the ministry of praise. And I thank you for Psalm 22. And as we think about how this beautiful psalm was used by Jesus and by the gospel writers to remind us of your suffering on the cross for the glory of God and to bring salvation. Lord, help us to embrace the gospel message. Lord, help us to remember that even in our darkest hour, you are working. Help us to not lose heart, but to stay strong in you and to worship through the night. No matter what it takes, help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining me today for this midweek moment with the Ministry of Praise. We exist to help Christians become better worshipers and disciple makers of Jesus. And we would love to connect with you. You can learn more about our ministry and find our contact information at highlandbaptist.com. Also, if you live near the Shoals in Northwest Alabama, we invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. in person or online. I look forward to gathering with you again right here next week. Until then, let's make the most of every opportunity to glorify Jesus. Have a great day.